Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Laricchia, and this is episode number 295 of the podcast. It's the 15th of September, 2021, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a fun conversation with Jesper Conrad about his experience as an unschooling dad. Jesper shares his perspective of their family's decision to unschool, which began when their now 15-year-old son tried kindergarten. We talk about Jesper's move from an office job to working from home and some of the paradigm shifts that he's experienced over the years as a result of questioning the mainstream path. He also reflects on the benefits of being a traveling family and what he enjoys the most about their unschooling life now. If you remember, I spoke with his wife, Cecilia, on the podcast last week, and it's so interesting to hear about the family's journey through Jesper's lens this week. Before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons, from new patrons this month to those who have so graciously supported the podcast for years. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now here's my conversation with Jesper. Welcome, I'm Pam Laricchia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Jesper Conrad. Hi Jesper. Hey. <laughs> so last week on the podcast I spoke with your wife Cecily. Now I am excited to explore your family's unschooling experience through your eyes. So to get us started, uh, she shared about herself and the kids last week. Can you share a bit about you and what you're interested in right now? Absolutely. Um, well, my my right now um, I, I'm yeah right now I'm learning how to do the Rubik's cube, um, which actually my kids are the ones teaching me, and I honestly hate being taught uh, by anybody. Which is also one of the reasons I think that the whole unschooling falls natural for us because I I dislike people telling me how to do stuff. I would love that I could explore things on my own and just figure them out. But uh, to whoever whoever have tried a Rubik's Cube, it is not possible to figure it out. Somebody obviously did. But to figure that one out on yourself is just terrible. Um, My kids can do it and some of them can do it like less than 30 seconds. And I'm on three minutes on the two first layers and I haven't learned to master the, the new layer. Um, so, so that is uh, one thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to later today to sit with one of my kids, the youngest one, who he's nine. He will teach me um, the next uh, algorithms in, in the top layer of the Rubik's Cube. Um, I always kind of hated the Rubik's Cube because it's very nerdy and it seems like nerdy people stuff, but maybe I'm a little nerdy as well. 
Um, and then with my my youngest daughter, I'm having a lot of fun drawing together. Uh, we are drawing uh, draw so cute and making a little fun of it, but they at the same time are very cute. Uh, it's a the drawing style somebody has it when then. Um, other than that, then a lot of the stuff that occupy my mind is um, is work related, uh, which is my kind of projects. Um, which is also the way I learn. Right now, I'm, um, I have the pleasure of being uh, working for an organization called Gaia Education, who is creating online educations for sustainability. Uh, and I'm part of the leadership team. And, and uh, the really fun thing for me is um, I love to understand the systems. For me, it is... Um, one thing is I, I'm really grateful to have a job where the impact you have on the world is positive. Um, I Earlier in my career, I was in the media industry and worked, for example, Microsoft, uh, which um, you can debate how positive impact they have. Uh, but to work for an organization that works with sustainability is just wonderful. But what I really like is to understand the systems around it. How do I get the people, the, the, my colleagues there to go in the direction I think is right? Which strategy is the right one? Uh, right now, I'm looking into how can they grow their newsletter list and are studying on my own the, the, how to make different newsletter scrolls. And they also need to increase uh, their Instagram following. Then that's a whole area in itself to understand that new part of the social media um so so i'm in that way very project driven i'm i'm looking at stuff and then i'm trying to learn uh, while i'm having fun doing it um and that's basically how i've ended up where i am today also um as i don't have a formal education um my wife is a trained psychologist and i went to high school and had a lot of fun and ended up in the media industry by by chance. And uh, now I'm 47 and have had a wonderful career for the last 20 years. So that's lovely. I do love hearing, I completely understand your systems love. Like, I mean, yeah. for me, that is also kind of how my brain's work brain works. I love, you know, even like the bigger picture systems. I kind of need to understand that. And then that really helps me dive in. Like I need that bigger oh, yeah. picture connection. Yeah. Yeah. For, for example, the, the thing I'm looking at here is um, for, for guy education that we work with, uh, they have created uh, educations on sustainability uh, and they have divided it into different dimensions. There's a social dimension, ecological dimension, economic and so on. But I, I, I find it fun, which on my mind find it fun and me too to look at, okay, which kind of people is it that are interested in this? Where are they? Where do you find them? Where do you talk to them? And, and then I, I look at people and I try to understand their learning journey. So even though I sit uh, a lot of my hours in front of a computer, what, what I do work-wise is, uh, is trying to understand people, what motivates them, what moves them. And and I, I think that's um, also one of the reasons I, I like the whole unschooling and homeschooling movement so much. And it is it's passion driven and it's motivation driven. Uh, and I know from myself, not having a formal education, that that is where 
my superpower in my career come from is uh, the the ability to say, okay, I want to understand this, and then I go in that direction, and I I can see it with my kids uh, when they get nerdy about something. Uh, when it's it's not um it's not like a spark in their eyes, but it's this determination to want to do and understand the thing and just go with it. Um, yeah, I, I I like that part of it. Yeah, I like I I love how you described it as as that determination. It's just like an an inner energy, isn't it? Like that they will just they'll you know because. So often people new to unschooling worry that, well, if I don't tell them what to do and tell them they have to do this, they would just like not do anything. They would just do super easy things. But that's not what we see in action, is it? It's like when uh, something it, it depends if they've been in school first, uh, then, yes. then there's the normal yes. uh, de <laughs> period. I really- we were lucky that uh, the only ones who needed de-schooling was us parents. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but for our kids, not. But we have seen in a lot of people who go the de-schooling route that that the kids they need to refine curiosity. And uh, I believe that everybody uh, humans cannot survive without the lust to learn. And I mean that's why we have went from being in caves to where we are today. It's that inner driven lust to learn and to explore things. Uh, and in the start, some of it was stupid. You're like, uh, that's a cactus. I tried to prick it. It hurts. And then you start. And then la- later on, people got more evolved. Uh, I can still uh, pick a cactus though. Um, but no, but, but um, I, I see it in some people. If the kids have been to school, I know you have done episodes on de-schooling, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, th- it takes time. Uh, but we, we were lucky that the only one that needed de-schooling was uh, me and my wife. And and I actually believe it's an area that some parents uh, forget. It's that most of the pe- it's a very few percentage of the people who homeschool or unschool today that they themselves were home or unschool. Uh, a lot of us come from inside the system and it takes de-schooling for us parents. And I, I remember for myself, uh, we, we have a grown-up daughter who's 22. She was in uh, um, Celestine Frenet, who is a French reformist, who is very close in some ways to unschooling, but it's still school. Uh, and it's close to Waldorf as well, but again, still school. Um, so she went there and she was homeschooled for a year. And then now she ended, she ended up on a writer's school for talented uh, people and had, uh, excelled in that and have, uh, we actually go to Denmark in some weeks to her second book, uh, reception. Her second book is coming out. Uh, so she went to school. Um, but we as parents, um, needed de-schooling and I remember the difference between having had a kid in school and not because of our experience with with her and uh, I remember when she asked me stuff when and when in the start uh, she was like oh why this is that and I, often I actually took myself in answering um, uh, go a- ask your teacher uh, and that is the big change also as a parent that you take on the responsibility if your child asks you something you don't know, then the only correct answer is, uh, in my world, is, uh, I don't know, let's find it out together, or 
If it's an older child, then uh, a younger child, I would say, you know what? I don't know. I will go look it up. Otherwise, we explore it together. And if it's my 15-year-old son, uh, I will sometimes say to him, you need to Google that and then tell me what you figure out. Sometimes I do the sneak one and say, ask your mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it all depends on the situation, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but no, no. in all honesty, then um, it took time to get these schools. Um, and, and I think that um, I haven't seen any statistics, but from what I see on social media and the different groups we're in, it's the moms who see the lights first. Um, and and I, I believe it's uh, because often we end up in a social construction where the, the dad ends up being the breadwinner and the mom is a stay-at-home uh, stay mom. And then when the school age come, it's more natural for her to go that direction. Uh, where for me, um, it was not, it wasn't my wife's choice. It wasn't my choice. It was our uh, back then six-year-old son who said, you know, mom and dad, I don't think this school thing is anything for me. He didn't want to start. Um, and I must uh, sadly admit that it took me time to respect him enough to actually listen uh, and I think that's a problem for a, a lot of dads that we are unfortunately if you have a have a work where you are outside the family you are not as closely connected to your children as uh, if you are staying at home with them so you you don't know them the same way as a person who is together with them 24 7. Um, and, and for me, I was like, I went to school. It didn't hurt me. Why cannot you go to school? Kind of that. Um, I was also against co-sleeping in the start uh, because I was like, uh, children have a bedroom. The parents have a bedroom. But a bedroom is for sleeping and adult behavior you can take somewhere else. I mean, you can sleep in a bedroom. That's totally fine. Um, and I love sleeping in a big puddle, huddle. Is that the right word together with our kids uh, today? And, and also you know, left work uh, to go full-time traveling with them uh, as, as, um, as it felt wrong to be away. But the transition in me to understand and feel that um, it's, it's a little hard still today, so many years after, to look back at believing what I told myself was right. Uh, for example, I was the one driving the, the kids to the kindergarten, and I believe a lot of parents have uh, taken the decision when your child didn't want to go, and you almost like take their fingers off, and it's like, you need to go in now, and then the, the people working at the kindergarten say, it's better you leave fast and they don't cry so long, and that is normal, uh, and totally terrifying when you look at it, that you, you, as a parent, believe that that is the way the world should be, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I can only say that removing that um, that that forced reality from my mind has made me a lot happier person. Uh, I can be together with my children. I listen to them, and and respect them uh, most of all. They are they are. Yeah, the world, I still call them children, but it's just humans who are younger. It's yeah, oh, it I love that, right? <laughs> yeah. 
that is that is where you get right is is to you know they're they're other people they're human beings they're younger they have a bit less experience they're super excited to explore the world when they have the time and space and like you said that curiosity that comes back like if they've been to school for a while and have learned story what you're curious about isn't what we're doing today we're yeah. doing this thing over here and this thing over here is more important than whatever you were curious about. Yeah. So for them to take that, that's, a, you know, certainly for kids, a big part of the de-schooling is just like what I'm interested in is like, okay, it's valuable. So yeah. that's the, the big, that's a big piece for them too. But I, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your move to unschooling from your perspective. You, you know, you let us know. So did your, um, you were talking about kindergarten and, and uh, did we, you, I think we did the normal want, route. Not wanting yeah, to go I, to school. So how did that come? Yeah. Uh, cool? uh, well, it, it, um, we, we had a like intro period on three weeks where we tried to bring him, maybe it was only one week. We tried to bring him to school, and first uh, it was Cecilia who took him to school only for a couple of hours, and he was like, "I don't like it. I want to go home." Um, and 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 then the teachers at the school actually said, "Oh, and this is a funny sentence." They actually said, "Your son is too attached to you. Maybe you should, should try with your husband." How can a child be too attached to a parent? I cannot understand that. And my wife was furious. She's a, a trained psychologist. She was just like, but I was like, oh, the, the authority says that. So let's try it. Uh, back, still back in that loop of the, the understanding. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I believe I tried for one day. And when I saw how sad he was, I just went home and I knew my wife's standpoint on it. So I called the, one of her friends who is also a trained psychologist and had a talk with her. And she was like, what can it hurt that you tested out for half a year? Uh, and, and we tested it out and we never looked back. So it's the same advice I also give people who want to try. Don't think, I mean, I know that if they try it out for half a year, they will not come back. But, but um, because, I mean, you need to listen to your child also. Maybe it was, if he after half a year had said to us, hey, you know what, I really want to go to school and try it out, then we should have respected us. I I will not force schooling on him, but I will also not force unschooling on him. Um, so so we tried it out and it sticked, but back in the day, we actually you know, tried with the more normal homeschooling. And I think it's due to the insecurity of taking on the responsibility as a parent and you're like, oh, now it's my responsibility. Now I, I, I need to uh, make sure that my kids learn what it needs to learn. And if we have, I, I, it's nine years, uh, almost 10 years since. So, so I believe there's a lot, YouTube is bigger. There's many, many more people talking about it. We are also talking about it, trying to help others to, to start on the more easy path because we actually broke our uh, young older son's uh, lust to read um, because we tried to force him. And he's not one you can force. Uh, that's his personality. If you try to force him to learn one thing, 
then he just have a blockade. He don't want to do it. And it's really now he's 15. You can talk with him about if there's something else like, hey, man, maybe you should try this and this. So it's something else now, but back then. Uh, and, and it took five years before he got the lust. And I will never do that mistake again and haven't done it with our other children. And I'm really happy that he, he found the lust to read again. And now he's like reading giant books and is constantly reading. Um, if he doesn't have a Rubik's cube, he's reading. Um, but but it was um, it was a difficult road in the start to believe that you needed a system. For some parents, it works. For some, it doesn't. For us, it definitely wasn't the right choice. But it was again what we thought we should. We started with saying, okay, we won't put them to school. Then we will do school at home. Uh, and it kind of just melted away um, because it, it, uh, point one is if you try to do school at home, you, you see that you can do the same, uh, in two hours that a school does in eight hours. Um, so you have a lot of spare time and, and it, and, but often our kids like really didn't want to, and, and you learn to listen to and respect your children. And uh, but actually, sometimes they 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 have a game with my wife uh, together with some of our friends. They're like, shouldn't we play school today? Uh, because sometimes they uh, could find it fun to try to. How would it be to be in school? So it it was um, as I think many parents did a slow uh, travel uh, towards unschooling, and we have had, and I think. I know I'm talking too much. If you want to put in a question, please do so. <laughs> Otherwise, I would just continue. Fascinating. Uh, I, I'm, okay. I'm loving your journey. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Okay, no, no. But, but, but uh, I think as uh, when you as parents take the responsibility for that, it, that you don't, I will rephrase it. If you actually, there's something wild about being a parent and outsourcing the, your child's learning to people you have never met. And, and if you look at it that way, do you really dare to outside your child's learning to a school system, to people you haven't met? And I love statistics. And if you read the statistics, for example, from the Danish school society, it's like 80%, which is a high percentage, yeah, uh, uh, oh, that actually means only 20 percent uh, of the youth in the Danish schools are not on level when they finish the school. They are not socially on level, and they are not uh, bookishly or whatever you would call it on level. Uh, and if you look at that percentage, and it's like, do I dare to send my child into something where there's one fifth chance that he they won't get a proper education? No, I, I would not do that. But back to when you do decide to not outsource your children's education, you end up talking so much uh, together. And I, I love it, uh, but you end talking so much together because if now I cannot blame anybody. If I later in life look at my children and go, ah, oh, uh, that was that damn school that never taught them to read or write. No, it, it was our responsibility as parents to help and guide them. Um, so we talk a lot, and one of the things me and my wife have talked about is what do we, even though, I mean, the whole unschooling spectrum is big, but where are we on it, and what do we want our kids to learn? 
So I've been thinking a lot about the, the most important for me. I think there's a basic in learning to read uh, and, and write and do a little math. Um, and I think it's very difficult to, to force a child from learning to read and write and, and, and do basic math. Uh, it's very difficult to let them be in a world that is so full with information and them ending up in the other end and not having learned it. Um, so besides that, then the most important part for me is that they, they, they are trusting themselves. They know themselves. They, that they, they know who they are, why they feel the way they do, and that they know like they have their base is solid so you cannot just tip them over they need to know who they are and i believe that with two parents around and a lot of talk and you're there to guide them on all their steps you it's very difficult to not see that happening as well um then i really want my children to be able to take care of themselves mentally uh, health-wise and also, I, I, I think it, on it's and not to talk about money, they, they need to, to be able to take care of themselves on all levels. One of them is if they want food, there's different ways to do it. You can, you can volunteer uh, at a place later in life if you want to, or you can uh, work for food uh, and get money or learn how to make money. Um, and... And we are, as our children get older, we are seeing if they're interested to join the family business. Uh, besides me having a, a more normal job where I work online from home, then we have some things together. We are making online courses. Right now we are working with a hand pen course and our 15-year-old is helping editing the videos and he's helping shooting the, the, the videos. And it's because he's interested. And for me to be able to pass on my knowledge to him so he later in life can go out and work professionally, that is something I, I think is very healthy for a child to learn to take care of themselves, be passionate about something, and learn to learn also. <laughs> um, okay, Jesper, I'm going to jump in there now. <laughs> 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 because you know all the things I want to comment on are like piling up in my brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please go. Please go. It was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that level of detail. Like it really connected with me. There was the piece um about about the journey and and how it takes a while and especially like yeah, when yeah. you said that when you started with school at home and it, you know, it only took a couple hours in the day and then you had all the rest of this time with them. That is like, I think that is a big part of a lot of people's journeys and seeing them in action in all the rest of those hours is and comparing it with those two hours, comparing it to their resistance often to those two hours, seeing them learning in the wild the rest of the day and like, I know it is just it, being able to see their natural curiosity and learning oh, yeah. happening there really helps us release the need for those two hours a day, right? It's like, okay. And then, then when you're thinking about their, 
you know, does, does it have to be these things? Like there's so many questions that bubble up when you see both side by side. It's like, is this really important in their lives? Doesn't matter if they learn it, you know, uh, a year from now, two years from now, and you realize it doesn't matter. And then that leads into what you were talking about, you know, the reading, writing, and some math and how you recognize that, like you said, I can't, hardly envision them growing up without having picked up those skills on their own because they are just so much part of our lives. Right. So that was another beautiful piece that even though that is something like, I'm sure you talk to most, if not all parents and yes, the skills of reading, writing and, and doing basic math to get along in your life um, are very important but the pieces we don't need, it doesn't need to be on our timetable. It doesn't need to be the way we think it looks like through worksheets and all that kind of stuff. It really can happen organically because they're in it, right? Through the other things they're curious about, right? Because they're going to want to be reading about it and we're going to be helping them read and we're going to be supporting them. And, and, you know, so Again, what that brings up for me is it's not hands off. As you were talking about earlier, we're having lots of conversations. We're just, we're doing things together. We're living together. That's where all these connections and these learning pieces bubble up, right? Yeah. There's a really fun thing we uh, experienced in our life as we, we, um, yeah, we just started our fourth year actually as full-time travelers uh and 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 the thing is uh you know the question that all homeschoolers or unschoolers get which is what about the social life um and will they ever learn uh those questions uh, kind of disappeared after we started traveling full-time because then people are like and it's crazy because it's the same amount of education we're giving our children but people started oh what a fantastic adventure oh that must be wonderful and it's like the same we did at home. Now we're just traveling. What changed? But I think that now people have this, oh, it's a fascinating lifestyle of just traveling. But our kids are doing the same stuff. They're just doing it now. We're in Istanbul. Uh, last week we were in Greece and uh, the week before that in Rome. And then we were in Spain for some months. Um, but but um, so, so if there's any unschoolers out there afraid of the social judgment for the people who live inside the box still, if you go travel, they will just think it's a wonderful adventure. <laughs> That's one way to take care of it. Yeah. So you've shared a lot of your paradigm shifts along the way. I was wondering, yeah. just wanted to check in if there was a one particular one that has stuck with you the most, like what aha moment you think, you know, or if there's one you haven't mentioned yet that you want to keep. Uh, I think, uh, I think uh, one, one of the biggest things is um, – uh, to acknowledge that that uh, we men on some points are a little stupid, uh, and that uh, I, I really I, money is needed to make uh, to make ends meet, meet of course uh, meet, and I hope a lot of parents can figure out to work from home. Both of them, it is such a big gift to be able to be home together with my children now, uh, as uh, compared to the years before where. I, I drove away and was in an office, uh, and um, and there is this, and it's the, 
it was jealousy and I can see it now, but I had it as a father. I could come home and my wife, I, I could be angry, you know, and like, why, why do I need to go to work? So you can just be at home and having fun with the kids. That kind of jealousy is, is normal when you are the uh, parent who is working outside uh, the family home. So, so I, looking back, I, I would have loved to be able to see that I was just jealous of the life my wife had. Um, and I, I hope by saying it that uh, some of the partners who are out there who is being the go-to-work uh, can, can, uh, can chill and see because, you know what, I have been a full-time at-home dad now for, for more than three years. Um, and I'm still the one working the most, but I can so much see the amount of work that is that it takes to be uh, together with the children. Uh, and I can also see myself sometimes just thinking, uh, uh, "Honey, I, I need to work a little uh, to to because to get out of it." And it, it's easy being the working one because the responsibility on the on the parent who is there the most. It is a big one, um, and and I think that we, as I can talk for for dads, I'm a dad myself. Sometimes it's we we cheat a little and and hide at work or hide behind our computer because it is an enormous task um, to be there for the kids uh, full time, uh, and I'm I'm still trying to learn to be better at it. Um, yeah, yeah, um, so yeah. That's maybe not a paradigm shift, I've, I've, but it was on my mind. An aha moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, really interesting, Jesper. I, I can, uh, yeah, I can see that, like, just knowing in conversations and even, you know, in our home, there is to, to take the time to dig a little bit deeper to that kind of resistance or that, that jealousy that you were talking, like to realize that's what it is instead of, you know, because we can bring it out as in, yeah, you're just getting to have fun. You're just. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I have been, uh, and, and uh, I do not mind being honest about my past stupidity, but I've like, uh, of course uh, in arguments with my wife, I've been like, Oh, then you can go to work or we can put the kids to school and then you can go to work. And then it's just, and it comes from exhaustions uh, and, and being, um, you're more alone and you're together with people you haven't chosen to be together with. Um, and, and, but actually I don't know what will come of it, but I can just see that when I need homeschoolers and unschoolers and people who want to take the steps, Often it's our stats who are the the, the blocking stone uh, towards the path of the the freedom that you can give a family uh, by taking the steps. And and we are afraid. Uh, we don't have that close connection to the kids in the same way. And and often we end up in as as I said social construct where we are the parent going to work, uh, and 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 it makes us less connected to our kids. So. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it can, it can. I mean, I know from my perspective, like just not sending the kids to school, that is something uh, that is very unconventional culturally. Oh, yeah. 
So it's scary. And then for dads who are, or partners who are the one who's chosen to be the breadwinner or who takes on that role to consider giving that up too is also super scary. There's a whole fear piece in there too, right? I'm just saying it was so wild. I mean, the, the more you go down the road of unschooling and homeschooling and, and when you, you begin to look at things differently. I remember sitting at work, listening to people talk and, and they talk about what they saw on television last year and the conversations are super boring. But sometimes they talk about their kids. And when I hear them talk about how it wasn't they getting bullied in school, I, I needed to bite my tongue because my question would be, why are you sending your kid back to that? And it just um, honestly got more and more hard to go to work and listen to people who had the problems with their children in school and just not wanting to shout, please wake up. Why, why are you doing that to your child? Um, and, and what also about going to work, uh, the, I'm so happy and I hope for a lot of people that the, the COVID thingy uh, helped a lot of um, employees to see that people can perform from home. So I believe that more people now have the opportunity to say to their work, hey, can I start to work from home? Um, because for me, what was hard in the end was I was the only reason we stayed put. I was the only reason we had the house we had because we needed a house near where I worked. I was the only reason we uh, didn't went on longer and longer vacations because I needed to go to work. And and now, as I said, we're in Istanbul and uh, I work in, we go out, explore during the day or in the evening and I can work from here. Yeah. Uh, you can work from everywhere. Yeah, the, no, the that's great. Things. That, that leads into the next question because I was very curious to hear what it is that you love about combining unschooling and the more nomadic lifestyle or the, you know, being able to travel more and for longer pieces. Yeah. Um, we, we have been on the road now for, yeah, we started our fourth year and, and it, uh, what drove us was that it just felt strange to not be together 24 seven when we could. Uh, and what also drove us away was to, to be honest, the city Danish winters and, Denmark, where we lived, is uh, part of the Nordic countries, but we are, it is not high enough in the north. So there's wide, beautiful, snowy winter landscapes. It is a great winter that sometimes it takes four to six months, it feels like. I, I remember one January, I believe it was the last one before we left. There was seven hours of sunshine in a whole month. Seven hours. So, so no, um, so, so one of the big things about traveling is I love to be outside and the kids do as well. Uh, so we, we bought a big red bus from 1973 that we started our travels in and we thought that we would, uh, travel full time in, in that one. But, um, one of the things you need to do when traveling is being open to the realities of life. And for us, it showed that uh, we love to slow travel. Uh, we love to see new places. And an 11-ton bus is really hard to move. 
so sometimes right now we are in a rented Airbnb for three weeks. Uh, the the bus is uh, parked as a tiny house in, in Catalonia next to an animal sanctuary. We fell in love with and help with, and the kids help out every day there. Um, but I think one of the main things about traveling is we like to be where it's nice. And I, I don't like to have shoes on. Uh, I like sandals. Uh, so it's very simple. We just like to be where it's a nice climate. Um, so so we travel with the climate. Um, and then there's, of course, also, and which is such a big gift also in, in the unschooling perspective, to to see the different cultures now in in Istanbul, it's such a different uh, world. Even though it's very European compared to the rest of Turkey, um, I I cannot believe my kids. Sometimes you doubt yourself, and you can ask yourself in a moment of doubt, do, will my kids have a good childhood? And I'm like, yeah. Um, they they meet a lot of people. They meet a lot of different nationalities. They they have tried to be immersed into uh, into Spain for many months. They have learned, learned to talk a different language. And we like to slow travel where we are at least a place for some weeks, which is the minimum. I prefer to be a place two or three months, so you really can dive in and meet people and get friends, and then return. And so, but, but basically it's being outside, being together, uh, going to the beach, uh, while I can sit in the shade and work at the same time. I like it. <laughs> That's lovely. And I love something you mentioned earlier, like that the kids days don't change per se. Like they're still unschooling. They're still doing the same kind of thing because as human beings, we like to engage and learn and do yeah. Do our things wherever we are in the moment, right? Yeah. So and, it's and, a different space, but it's still your day. It's a different space. It's the same. And, and there's one fun thing about uh, unschooling. I, and we're a little past it now in some ways, but sometimes you still need you meet people where you need to talk what we call educanese, where you translate uh, yes. what they do into education. But honestly, our kids just live. We don't. We don't live at at an animal sanctuary place. So our uh, our girl who is uh, twelve, who is so much into the animals, so she can get more or less a mini bit education. Uh, she's helping out with the kids every day, and the amount of things she learns about taking care of animals. Uh, but that is not why we do it. We do it because it is wonderful to stay there. We love to help out the project. We are vegans, so to help out in a place that takes care of animals is just a good mix for us. And then there's the added bonus of you learn a lot. But that is, it's almost a byproduct of living. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that is someplace that we get to, like a view that we get to after a period of de-schooling. And I love when you mentioned earlier that just try it for six months because you need, you need a longer chunk of time. It's not like try it for a month or two. No, like, no, no, no. That no, is no. not long enough to sink into it and really see learning yeah. happening as a byproduct of just going about your days, just living yeah. and doing the things and to let that curiosity come back out. You know, yes. all those pieces you need, you need a good chunk of time. 
And I think the be- the best yeah. win, uh, just to put mm-hmm. it in there, is the 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 my own curiosity after me and my wife got descored as well have have grown. I mean, I am so I I, I thank my uh, my oldest son Storm a lot of times that he wanted this life for us because I live a life now as a full time traveler. Uh, and and with the stuff I want to know, I learned that, and I would never have done that if he hadn't choose to not go to school. It, it's uh, it's such a big gift as a parent. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, what is your favorite thing about your unschooling days right now? The mornings, um, the mornings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember the paradigm shift of not going. Not, I mean. It hurts inside me when I, I see parents and the amount of stuff they need to go through before they meet at work, uh, who, who have children in school, and especially when the children are so small that they cannot go to the school themselves. I mean, why would you wake up a child that haven't had its sleep yet? I mean, so so... So the shift of the life where earlier I needed to wake up children that wasn't, they, they hadn't slept properly. I needed to force them to get dressed. I needed to force them to eat more or less. And then I need to drive them to somewhere. And the amount of stress in my life before I moved uh, were at work. Those two or three hours, man, what a hell. Uh, and, and then to be in my life today, and what I do in the mornings is we have different rhythms. Our youngest son, he sleeps long. Uh, me and the older son, he, we wakes up around the same time. Everybody just wakes up in their own space and time. And I can do my morning exercise. Cecilia does some morning yoga. And, and I go for a run. And often it's 9 or 10 o'clock before I start to work. Uh, but having that space for, my time, for myself, that luxury, I remember when it started, it felt like being on holiday every day, just waking up in my own time. Nobody forcing me to do anything. What a gift. Oh, I love that. I love that. It Because so often when you're living that life, you don't even realize how much stress, how much weight it is, because it's like, I just got to do that. So it's like, you don't realize how much of that grumpiness, how much of that that yeah. negative energy that you're carrying is really just from that, just from trying it's to... It's from destruction. You're, yeah. you're forced yourself into. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's great. So as an unschooling dad, what piece of advice would you like to share with dads who are just starting out on this journey? Uh, I, I would give two pieces of advice. One's for the, 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 the people who are in doubt, not daring to do it. Try it out. Imagine if your kid got half a year without school and you uh, turned around and said, oh, it's not for us. Your kid would survive half a year without school. No trouble. But please give yourself the gift of trying it out. Uh, that, that's the best advice I, I can give for the, the ones still in doubt. And uh, for the ones uh, starting the journey, um, there, there's two. There's a big difference between unschooling and unparenting. Uh, I, I believe some people they give uh, they um, uh, they still need because they haven't de-schooled enough themselves yet. They need a system 
Uh, and then they look at unschooling like an ism almost, where right? uh, if you're unschooler, you need to do it like this. Uh, and, and then they kind of force themselves into saying, oh, if my kids want to play, uh, play the whole day, uh, then he can just do it. And I shouldn't say anything about it. Then I'm not a real unschooler. You need to be honest. You need to be honest in every uh, connection you have with your child. If something pisses you off, you need to be honest toward yourself and your child. And, and that is the, the second piece of advice is to, to try to remove the crutch of believing you need a system to be able to live your life. Uh, because some people even treat unschooling like that. You know, it's like, I need to do it like this. Otherwise, I'm not a real unschooler. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Well, as soon as you hear that, you know, there's still de-schooling to go there's on. Still de-schooling. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, that is, we want, because we want to do it well. Like, okay, we're not using the school system. I want to do a really good job by my children. Yeah. I need to know how I'm supposed to do it. Yeah. So, so often when people come, understandably, they're looking for a system. Okay, so now how am I supposed to do it instead? Yeah. And when they look at like what an experienced unschooler's life looks like, like the free mornings, like, you know, following their curiosity and the things that they're interested in, that can feel like when they think of it as a system still, that can feel hands off, right? Which leads to yeah. that whole unparented, oh, I shouldn't be saying anything. I shouldn't be doing anything. But the de-schooling piece that's so important is it's like, you know, as you said, we share our, our how we're feeling about yeah. what's happening in the moment. Yet, if we haven't done that de-schooling piece to really understand ourselves, as you were talking about your kids, I want them to really know how they tick to understand. And, and if the parents haven't, done that piece yet so often their judgments are still cultural oh, yes. societal they're not they haven't picked it all apart to see what really and does it really bother them as a person or is it just like i feel like we're going to be judged if someone else oh, is yes. doing this oh, so yes. i'm going to stop you from doing this so there's just so much in there that's six months at least i like to say you know a year if you can do a year Kids still won't be behind. Kids can still go back to school. Absolutely. And that's how we started, too. It wasn't like, oh, we're changing our lifestyle and this is the way it's going to be. It's no, like, no, no, no. we're going to try this out and see what happens. But you, ha you have to try it out with intention. You have to get to that de-schooling piece. Like, it's not just, oh, we're not doing school. Do whatever you want and then just yeah. sit there. You know, that's going to feel chaotic. People are going to get very confused and... And, and you may well end up sending them back to school because it's going to be very hard because the difference which, which you get to is the connection piece, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you replace that control with is connection and conversation and actually being with your kids and understanding and sharing what we see, sharing our experiences, yeah. but still giving them that isn't even the right, still supporting their agency, right? Helping them explore and, and figure things out for themselves. Because you know what? Things aren't always going to go right. Things are going to go sideways for our kids. Like things still go sideways for us. 
and we can Absolutely. help them and they gain experience with processing the now what, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and what I think is greatest about this uh, gift of unschooling is that they have someone who love and care for them, helping to guide them present uh, because they, they will take wrong steps. They will um, say wrong things. They, they will do stupid things and good things. And we are there to care and love them no matter what, but also to guide them. And, and if they go down a road where it's like, mm, maybe you should try over here instead. So that's the, the big, I think one of the biggest wins is the, for a child is that love is all around them all the time. And I think, I think something as you're de-schooling, something else you, you come to realize is our kids appreciate our, the experience that we can bring. Like yeah. before we go to a library, we can bring the experience that, you know, that it's, it's a quiet place, you know, are you able to do that right now? Like, you know, if you're really high energy and everything, maybe the library just isn't a great place to go. It's not like we're going to the library. You're crazy. You can be, you know, uh, high energy inside yeah. that that's where all the chaos pieces comes. But when we can share, uh, as you're talking about, like our guidance, it's guidance without expectation, but they appreciate the information, right? Oh yes. They, they appreciate our insight because not only do we have more experience at this point, we know them really well. Right. So we can point out the pieces that might rub for them and give them a heads up about it so they can make even better choices in the moment. And kids appreciate that, too. So that connection piece just helps everyone all around, doesn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Pam, I'm I'm sitting watching the time because I have a meeting coming up. Yeah, no, no I would, problem. No, but I would rather just keep talking. <laughs> uh, but it's it's work. It's work. I, that's the money thing. Unfortunately, I, I need to go do it before we go. Yes, Bert, yeah. can you just let uh, everyone know where they can connect with you online if they'd like to get in touch? Yeah, uh, we we call we. Uh, um, in the start, we had different websites. Now we have one called uh, World Schooling Nomads dot com, and, and we are also on uh, Facebook and Instagram as World Schooling Nomads. And recently, just started a YouTube channel where we will try to put up uh, stuff. But we are busy living, so we are not so <laughs> frequently doing it. But World Schooling Nomads dot com. All right, that's awesome. I will put the links to all those in the show notes. And thank you so much, Esper. It was so much fun to chat with you. It was wonderful. And let's do it again another time. I would love it so much. Have a great meeting. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.